Your news programme, every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Yeah, so whatever Confucian tradition might tell us, whatever tradition and expectation might dictate, here in Korea, filial responsibility is becoming less of a given and more of a burden. The statistics bear that out. And to better protect the rights and welfare of senior citizens, the main opposition Minju Party recently proposed a filial responsibility bill, which we'll discuss more in a bit. Um, that would set in stone, though, the requirement to take care of one's parents. Professor Catherine Pearson at Pennsylvania State University's Dickinson Law joins us on the line to also compare with the United States. Uh, and thank you very much for doing so. Thank you very much. So filial responsibility laws in the United States, I wasn't too familiar with them before looking at the case here in Korea. Can you tell us about what is set in the statutes there? Well, filial laws in the United States really go back to colonial times. In fact, they really go back to Elizabethan England, and that would be the first Queen Elizabeth. However, during the 1950s, and 60s, as the United States began to build a system of social security and health care for the older people, what we call Medicare and Medicaid, many states began to um, walk away from their filial support laws. And particularly in the 1960s, many states actually repealed them. However, at one time there was as many as 40 states that had filial support laws. Now about 20 states have them, and only a few of those states actively enforce them. One of the states is my state, Pennsylvania, and so that's why I take such an interest in this topic. Can you tell us um, under what sort of circumstances, though, an adult child, if you like, could be held responsible for the care of their parents? Yes. In Pennsylvania, which is typical of states that follow the English model, certain family members uh, can be responsible to care for and maintain or financially assist an indigent family member. At one time, that included spouses, children, grandchildren, and parents. Now it just includes spouses and parents, and that's traditional in many societies, spousal support and child support. But the thing that most states and most people don't remember is that in some states it can be the obligation of the child to support, maintain, or financially assist an indigent parent. I mean, some of this seems like a moral question. Uh, you know, we, we don't know the relationship between parents and children. Uh, you know, parents might have been abusive of their children and, and then try and turn to the law to ensure that they're protected later on when, uh, morally speaking, they might not deserve that. I mean, do, do considerations like that come into play? Yes, they do. Um, in Pennsylvania, it's a tough standard. In Pennsylvania, the only absolute defense is if your parent failed to give you support while you were a minor for 10 years. That's a pretty tough standard. In some countries, however, and in some states, 
uh, Germany, for example, it allows the court to compare the relationship of the parent and the child while the child was a minor and uh, the relationship as adults. But Pennsylvania doesn't have that kind of a defense. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand... Uh in most cases, one would have thought children owe their parents some sort of debt. It, it's a natural instinct. I don't think we need to even lean on the likes of Confucian tradition to, to be able to justify you know, taking care of one's parents. But the modern world doesn't seem to encourage it. Um, what are the re repercussions for failing to support one's parents? The big problem in uh, the United States has become the cost of care. As families become more geographically spread out in the United States, which has been true for decades, it means that sometimes you are not there to do the caring in person. And third-party care has become very expensive. Mm. So the big controversial cases, and there was a big controversial case decided in 2012 in Pennsylvania, was where an adult son was held liable to reimburse a nursing home for the cost to care for his mother after a car accident. Um, that cost ended up being almost $90,000 U.S., and that was in just six months. Mm. So that really frightened people when they saw that the law could be used that way. I just want to um, bring a statistic to our attention for a moment, just to put things in perspective of how tough can be for seniors here in Korea. Seven out of ten senior citizens in South Korea are suffering from deprivation or two or more areas. According to a report by the Korea Institute for Health and Social Affairs, some 67% of South Koreans aged 65 and older are suffering from income poverty or other deprivations as of 2013, which was down 5.8 percentage points from 2011. We're not exactly moving in the right direction. Meanwhile, a lot of Koreans have been signing so-called filial duty contracts. And last month, the Supreme Court here ruled in favor of a father who sued his son for not abiding by that deal. What are your thoughts on, on that ruling and, and these contracts in themselves? Contracts are used in the United States as well. Not very often, but occasionally. And the reasons why contracts are used in the United States is because sometimes there may be confusion about exactly what is expected by the parent from the child, and so a written contract can lay that out. Or it could be that children don't agree, and they're worried that one child is going to get more of an inheritance than another child, and so the contract can be used to help spell that out. But in most cases, when, when there's a suit by a parent against a child or even by a caretaker, a third-party caretaker against a child, it's because there have been transfers of assets by the parent to the child hoping for care and they never got the care or they didn't get the care they expected or, they, or there was a falling out during the care period. And so that South Korean Supreme Court case did not surprise me because it sounds like what it did was it used contract law to recover the asset, to recover funds or property that had been transferred to the uh, younger person. That seems like um, the right kind of a result. Yeah. But really what you're doing there is talking about fault and not just um, a moral obligation 
um, that people might not live up to perfectly. Yeah, I, I think one of the things here, Professor Pearson, is that I'm coming at this from a very moral perspective, and obviously, uh, and very rightly so, you're you're looking at this from a legal point of view. But it, it's... well, I often do have to look at it as a moral issue. I mean, many times people will say to me, "Well, should we adopt these laws?" And my reaction to that is, you know, about just about the last person I would want to care for me is the person who will only do it because there's a law that requires them to. Uh, in most cases, um, in the United States and I think around the world, that type of care is provided voluntarily. So the, the tough part about laws is they come into play when moral obligations alone aren't enough. But, but should the government be taking very seriously this bill that's been put forward by the, the Liberal Party here, the Minju Party, um, that I mentioned at the start there, legally requiring adult children to return any assets they receive from their parents if uh, they neglect their filial duties? Most states in the United States, most countries around the world have struggled with this question, and it's in large part because of the rising cost of care and the larger older population. So it's really a question of priorities. I think you have to take any attempt to balance a budget um, seriously, but I think that in reality, the only way you're going to get true compliance with the, with the goal of the law, mm. which is to reduce the state obligation, is by changing the culture, and, and that's tough to do with a law alone. Thank you very much, Professor Pearson. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Catherine Pearson there from Pennsylvania State University, offering us uh, an outside perspective, but uh, increasingly, uh, obviously, lawmakers seeing the need for this kind of legislation, these kinds of bonds, I took for granted. Obviously, we can't do that. You can email us your thoughts, efmthismorning at gmail.com. <laughs>